Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors, uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them on Saturday mornings. We know not everybody can listen to a podcast. So we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. Well, one thing about the hot, windy days of late across North Dakota there's less of an issue with cooler water temperatures. Devil's Lake anglers are enjoying fair-to-good walleye action, which includes better success now in spots along East Bay, where numerous 16- to 20-inch walleye are showing up. Try 10 to 13 feet using slip bobbers or spinners with bottom bouncers and night crawlers. You might also want to try Pelican Lake or the north end of Creel Bay. However, be sure to use caution on Pelican Lake with its low water levels. Otherwise, it's a good opportunity to get some nasty boat or motor damage. Jamestown Reservoir remains active for a variety of fish. Pipestem Reservoir is still offering crappie. And Lake Ashtabula continues to be fair to good for walleye. Work shallow in the weeds and tend to, well, make that 5 to 10 feet using a variety of presentations. There's also good crappie activity with the fish being quite active. Look for some perch and bluegill mixed in as well. Out west, the Missouri River Tailrace continues producing walleye with good numbers of small fish in the spillway channel. It's nice to see some activity finally there. However, many are on the small side, so sort through your catch for those eater-sized keepers. Tribe jigs and minnows. Catfish success is fair from shore and continue casting crankbaits from shore at night for those walleye. Lake Sakakawea remains spotty for walleye on the east end. Try pitching jigs in the shallows or vertical jigging in about 20 feet. You all might also want to try crankbaits. The east end's probably about the only place where water temperatures could still be a little on the cool side. Better success is still farther west around Mackenzie Bay. The Van Hook Arm remains slow, but a few more anglers are starting to catch an occasional walleye. Try jigs or lindy rigs with minnows yet. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale, and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra. From Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. And you know, Kyle, for the life of me, I don't understand why this gentleman is a new guest to Gone Outdoors, because he should have been on long before this. Uh, Mr. Terry Steinwan, he is a director of North Dakota Game and Fish. You know, we've had many, many North Dakota Game and Fish guys on, but we've never had the guy. And Terry's the guy. So we got him on today. How you doing, Terry? I'm doing great. How about you, Scott? I'm doing very well. You know, one of the reasons why we really wanted to get you on now is because 
time's kind of ticking. You know, you're not going to be around the North Dakota Game and Fish, at least not officially, uh, shortly, because you got retirement coming up here on July 31st. And congratulations. Uh, that is amazing. And from Kyle and I, thank you for everything you have done for the North Dakota Game and Fish, for the sportsmen of North Dakota. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate that, Scott. But what I told everybody, yeah, I'm just, I'm just sitting at the top. I take a lot of blame. I take a lot of the credit. I tell you, all the credit goes to the, the people out there working to create and, and sustain what the sportsmen and women of North Dakota and across the nation have been able to, uh, to enjoy uh, over the last decades. Uh, and not, it's not just the last 15 years. I've been here quite a while, but... Yeah, it's one of those situations, Scott, where I figured, okay, yeah, I'm I'm getting up there. I want to enjoy some of the stuff I've worked hard at for over the last over 40 years. And uh, it's the old adage, uh, yeah, don't put the horse away wet. So I want to I want to dry off a little bit so I can I can still enjoy enjoy what's out there. Well, Terry, you've definitely earned that, no question about it. And you've had had quite a long career with North Dakota Game and Fish. So just to, I'm interested. Um, Terry, what if you look back on that career, what are some of the memories of, of some of the challenges? And, and we'll maybe get to the successes in a second, but, but what about some of the challenges that you faced? You know, the, the challenges, uh, I don't think they'll ever change. You know, we, we're, always, we're always saying habitat, habitat, habitat is what, what we need for fish and wildlife out there, whether it's a huntable wildlife or non-huntable wildlife. In order to keep the stuff going, you need the habitat out there. And I think, as we all know, in the northern plains, that we can have some pretty brutal winters. So that is really the, the, the critical time that we can have that good thermal cover for animals uh, out there to sustain them. That's great. And, of course, the summers, uh, we're into a little dry stretch here right now. Hopefully it breaks soon. In some areas of the state, uh, it's gotten a little wetter, but they're still in drought. That's important, though, too. Uh, when you look at pheasant chicks, we're... Uh, a couple weeks away from the peak uh, prime hatching area or season, and uh, them them little chicks uh, for the first two weeks of their life, they depend on that high protein bug population. And of course, if it's extremely dry, you don't get bug bug production. Uh, I was out fishing last week, and I tell you, there's some bug production out there right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> there certainly is. So you know, North Dakota is known throughout. The, the entire United States as a sportsman's paradise. If you're an outdoorsman, there is no place like North Dakota, whether it's hunting or fishing, you have the best of everything here. And a lot of that is attributed to the work that you guys do. Um, and I also think some of it could be attributed to the fact that the population is a little less dense. It is in a lot of the other areas of the country. How important do you think that is to creating uh, the great outdoors that you have with the hunting and fishing having a little bit less population. Well, I, I think it really helps. Uh, as North Dakotans, uh, I would say we're probably a little bit spoiled to some extent because we have non-residents coming in, and uh, they're thinking it's just absolutely great, and it is. But you got North Dakotans coming or not coming in; they're here already, uh, saying that, "Geez, there are too many people out there. There's too many people on the lake. There's there's." Uh, there's too many people out in the field, and at times there is. Like on our plots, our private land open to sportsman tracks, sometimes they do get pretty heavily used. But with all the private land in the state, there's still plenty of state to rec- or plenty of space to recreate. And I think that's one of the one of the real nice things about North Dakota. And you're right, we we provide a smorgasbord of opportunity out there from 
moose, elk, deer, walleye, northern pike, muskie, smallmouth bass, uh, pheasants, grouse, uh, you name it. We we have a whole pile of stuff out there. And I'm, there are a lot of North Dakotans that don't want that known too many places. It's, it's a great secret, but um, it's great to see people enjoy. It's great to see people um, take pride in, in their state and their state's resources. You know, and Terry, you alluded to this just a little bit ago. Um, you have the, the hunting, you have the fishing, but you have also all of the other wildlife, right? The non-game species. And, and sometimes they're overlooked by, by the, um, you know, kind of spotlight of, of hunting and fishing, but there's an awful lot beyond hunting and fishing too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we, we, we don't put an awful lot of emphasis, at least not publicly, on uh, watchable wildlife, uh, you know, the birding community, and that is growing, not just nationwide, in North Dakota. And uh, that is extremely important from the standpoint is, uh, if you've got something out there for a bared sparrow in terms of habitat, you also have something for grouse, and then to some, you know, some, depending on the species, for pheasants out there. Uh, it's extremely important, and even more importantly, being a state there where we understand in, at the Game and Fish Department, we're a highly agricultural state, and, and in the last decade or so, energy state, that if any one of those species starts declining too far and goes on the endangered species list, it affects an awful lot of industries, including North Dakota Game and Fish out there in the landscape. So we're doing what we can, and again, with the, with the cooperation and the help of landowners out there, doing what we can to keep that habitat and those birds from becoming too far down. And the Northern Plains and North Dakota in particular is so critical, even though they're migratory birds, they breed in North Dakota, Southern Saskatchewan, Northern South Dakota. It's extremely important that we work together to keep those species off the endangered species list. You know, Terry, uh, Kyle mentioned earlier about some of the challenges that you've had. You know, you, you've been in the in the game and fish thing since 1982, you were fisheries chief for 15 years and you've been director now for 15 years. Over all that time, what do you think is one of the, or a couple of the biggest successes that you've seen, either yourself programs that you really wanted to develop or just programs that the game and fish have, have taken care of? Well, you know, I guess I've always had the attitude, Scott, that uh, yeah, you, you live on your success for a day, but then you move on. Uh, I guess there are probably an awful lot of successes. One of the ones that comes to mind recently is, and people may not agree with this, but our electronic licensing system, uh, most of our stuff is electronic. You can do it from your smartphone. You can do it from your computer at home. You can go to the local library. You can have a relative do it for you. That's one of the things that we're always trying to make it more convenient for the public because we are a public service agency, and that's really important to us because that's our funding source. We get no general tax dollars from the state of North Dakota and don't want any. Uh, hunting and fishing license sales and excise tax dollars on hunting and fishing equipment is the vast majority of our funding here at the Game and Fish Department. And so getting, having people satisfied is very, very important to us. And we know it's never going to be 100%, but we certainly want the vast majority of people satisfied. And I think we've done that. Yeah, and, and I would agree with you. I, I think you have to, uh, you know, the, the anglers and the, the hunters, outdoorsmen in North Dakota that we know are extremely happy with all the work that, that your entire department does. And you don't see that very often in anything. You know, there's always a lot of people that, that are negative or, or complaining about something. And we rarely hear that about the work that you guys do. So uh, you can hang your hat on that, that 
you guys have done a very, very good job. And, and you can re- think about that when you're retired and you're sitting on a lake or you're walking, walking through the bush with a shotgun or sitting in a tree stand waiting for a deer. Um, you, you've done a very good job. So thank you for that. Yeah. And those are the parts I'm going to miss. Uh, there, there are certainly some parts I'm not going to miss and never will miss. But, uh, you know, these kind of things, those kind of compliments that, yeah, okay, now we, we understand and we recognize people do appreciate what we do because, you know, we typically hear from the disgruntled or the unhappy people out there and rarely hear about, hey, thanks for what we do. We do get some of those. But, uh, you know, staff, and, by, and believe me, they're not sensitive at all. And I'm certainly, I got a hide like an elephant over the last 15 years. But, you know, you, 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 you still take that to heart saying, okay, well, what do we need to do to make this person a little less unhappy. We're, are we going to ever totally have them happy? No, probably not. But how do we make it a little less unhappy? So we, we're, we're working on that day-to-day. And that, that, I guess I would look at that as another challenge. And if we can move them in the right direction, I consider that a success. Yeah, I agree. Thank you very much for coming on God Outdoors. We appreciate it, Terry. Well, thank you, folks. Well, that is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Uh, make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. You know, on this on this Father's Day weekend, uh, it doesn't matter the day. Um, I think we probably all should take a moment and thank those dads in our lives. And I would say that specifically my dad, Larry Lear of Napoleon, of Steele, of Wapiton, of Williston, Lamore, Valley City, and on the water of Lake Lamore, wherever he's at, um, a great a great family reunion this weekend and uh, a great Father's Day and a, a huge thank you to a dad more than more than you know raising me but giving me giving me the passion for the hunting and the fishing and the conservation and the outdoors not just saying but doing not just showing but bringing brought me along to wildlife club meetings brought me along um, deer hunting and duck hunting and goose hunting and trapping muskrat trapping you name it it was outdoors, and, and Dad took me along, and that's what put me here today without that. So I, I love my dad for everything that he's done for me, and to all the other dads out there, a very happy, happy Father's Day to those, to those dads. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.